This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. When you want the best, you have to act fast, especially when hiring for your business. You want to find the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds top talent fast. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Hello, I'm Josh Whittacombe. And I'm Rob Beckett. Welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell, the show in which Rob and I discuss what it's like to be a parent during lockdown, which I would say can be a little tricky. So, in an effort to make some kind of sense of the current situation... And to make me feel better about my increasingly terrible parenting skills... Each episode we'll be chatting to a famous parent about how well they're coping. Or hopefully not. And we will be hearing from you, the listener, with your tales of lockdown parenting woe. Because, let's be honest, none of us know what we're doing. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Parenting Hell with... Yes. Widdicombe. Say Widdicombe. Yes, it's real. And Rob? Rob. Beckett. Beckett. Well done. Don't know if you earned the well done there. Um, That is a recording of my 25-month-old son, Errol. <laughs> 25 months. Just say two. <laughs> just say two. <laughs> 25 months. <laughs> Fucking hell. That is from Amy Cropper. Just um, say two, Amy Cropper. That was... Quite mesmerizingly beautiful, I found. Yeah, it was nice. The energy between those two, that is the complete opposite of how my house operates. Yeah. How is your house operating, Rob? Just say Josh Widdicombe. Josh Widdicombe. You've heard it before. You've met him. Say Josh. (laughs) Just say Josh. Josh. You're going to do it or not? You're not going to do it? All right. No iPad. All right. How's half term? Half term is the problem with them going to school is when they're in school, it's amazing. But when half term hits, you just you've lost. It's like you've never parented before. I just can't remember what I do, what I yeah. did. How, I, I don't know how, to, how this works anymore. And they're getting cleverer. It's like dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. You know, they're sort of evolving and becoming more intelligent. <laughs> so it just makes it harder to manage. <laughs> yours, yours, like a full year nursery, isn't it? Yeah, for your daughter. I mean, so I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Those two weeks over Christmas, Rob. Oh, they are tough. <laughs> Well, like, that's the thing. And I think what it hits other people hard, especially because I'm trying to work from home and they're running about and doing stuff and I'm going away. But like for you as well, like it's going to you're really going to notice it. I don't know what your plans are. So like when she starts school, are you going to in half term? Because you can't take a week off work. Are you going to just have her at home or are you going to put her in that nursery again? No, no, no. Where do you put her? No, it would be be bizarre to put her in that nursery again. She'd be older than everyone. When she's 12, (laughs) just pop in there. They've got some lovely lovely Duplo for you to play with. Just smoking, worrying about sats. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want the people... Well, yeah, no, I know. It's like weird. It's like the six weeks over summer. Oh that, my god! My parents never let on how bad it was. That kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think my parents just sort of let us go in the street, but you can't yeah, do that, that now. That can makes you? sense. <laughs> <laughs> Used to play around the back of the houses, but 
I think... Um, I forgot that you grew up in Coronation Street. <laughs> no, well, where we grew up was like a little close, so it was... Oh, Brookside. Sorry, my <laughs> mistake. <laughs> Jimmy Carkill! <laughs> so it was, there was a lot of cars. Yeah. So it was just pinos you had to worry about. Yeah, we, know, used to, was... we used to kick the ball around in the on the street, actually. We'd kick, yeah. You kick the ball around and then... I sound like I'm like the kid from the Hovis advert or whatever. Yeah. But you wouldn't realise how dark it had got. You'd literally just kick the ball around until it was pitch black and then you'd go inside. It was great. Yeah. Does that not happen anymore? Well, I remember doing headers in the street when it was raining and I'd be a slightly longer end and went, let's do Maldini headers. So as you headed it, like your hair went everywhere in the rain. Yeah. And that's such a bleak thing to do. We didn't have iPads, Rob. <laughs> We had a football and wet air, and we made that into a game. <laughs> um, but Lou said to me, Lou went, uh, uh, February, I don't care what we do or where we go, but we are not being in this house for a week. Yeah, I so- think that a lot of people do go away. Like, I didn't really realise it was half term, and then I was like on my Instagram, and I was like, yeah. why is there so many photos of so many of my friends having a shit time on a cold beach? <laughs> Like they just thought the kids are in school, let's pop down to Dimchurch. Well, that's why it's so expensive. People will pay a premium to go somewhere with their kids rather than everyone just go mental in the house. Totally. Anyway, but I'm all right. It's all good. I had a bit more sleep, so I'm back firing on all cylinders now, John. Yes, here we go. Well, we've got loads of good emails, Rob. I thought we could blast through them. Let's do the emails. Let's hear from the people. Let's hear from the people. people. You know, we've talked about uh, bad names. Yes. I don't believe the timing of this. I mean, it's an astonishing name. But, you know, I consider myself someone who's got a knowledge of popular culture and I don't think that she's got the timings right there. But I'll, I'll read it out anyway. I love the podcast. I was listening to episode 46. and wanted to email in about a ruined name. I went to school with a girl who had one of the most unfortunate names. She was called Wednesday Adams. Oh, no. As in the Adams family? Yeah, as in the daughter from the Adams family, right? I'm from Hillsborough in Sheffield. So she was actually named after the local football team, Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, no. but then the parents didn't know about the Adams family. But she's put, this was in the early 90s before the Adams family became as famous as they are today. It was, it was really famous for years. And it wasn't just a film. It was like around in the 70s or the 60s yeah. or whatever. And I imagine if your surname is Adams, you may have heard of it a bit more than someone that was called Baker. Yeah. It would be more involved in your life. We're just like, did it, did it, did it, did it. Here he comes at work, surely. Exactly. Astonishing. Well, Wednesday Adams. That is an unfortunate name. Well, it's not unfortunate. I think it's their own fault. Yeah, they deserve that for their child. Um, the worst name, surely, has got to be anonymous. Call your kid anonymous. <laughs> and then it's just, it's just like they're constantly phoning radio stations, constantly sending <laughs> emails into podcasts. <laughs> Anon for short. But this is Anonymous Adams. Constantly phoning out with terrorist threats, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> um, by the way, I should say, um, mm. Rob, I didn't say this last time. I was talking to the producer who told me an interesting fact that our demographics over the time we've been on air have yeah. swung. So it Ooh. used to be 52-48, um, which, of course, is a very famous split. Uh, between men and women. Okay. And now we're 60% female listenership, Rob. The men are dropping. Or, or the women are gaining. You can see it either way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're very much a half full, half empty approach I, I, to that. I think, no, I think that it is the, it is women are gaining. Because I think women are more likely to go, oh, there's this podcast you should listen to where men don't like to communicate, do they? 
No, yeah, exactly. Well, I think they'll be like, oh, yeah, I like Joe Rogan. I do too, but I also like to hear about parenting, okay? Because I'm a modern man. Yes, sure. I will watch Bare Knuckle Fighting on YouTube, but I'll also Google the yeah. best nappy. You Google the best nappy? The be- what is the best nappy to stop them shitting? That's what I want. You, you can't stop them shitting. You've got to do it. That's a cork you well, need. I've got some information for you. <laughs> this nappy, they don't ever go. It's always dry and clean. Oh, that's good. There's 60, 40 women um, Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Good. My friend said that his uh, sister lives in the south of France, and he was like, um, oh, Will Briggs. You know Will Briggs, obviously. Oh, yeah, and I he know said Will. His sister lives uh, in the south of France. He was like, your podcast is massive with the south of France mums. Oh, wow. Really? Oh, my God. We should do a live from Saint-Tropez <laughs> on a yacht. <laughs> Have I told you my Will Briggs story? I could tell this quickly because we need to get back to parenting. I was doing a gig for him in Bristol. It was a big, like, outdoor gig. Yeah, yeah. So just like a normal gig, but in a big, like, tent. Lovely gig, that. In the middle of summer. But also, I said I can do it. But in I'm also doing a... I was hosting an, a conference for a company in Bristol. So I said I can do it, but as long as I'm on first because I've got to go and do the sound check at the conference and I'll come to you do the gig, and then I'll go back to host the conference, okay? So yeah. it's all fitting and fine. Anyway, the woman who organised the conference was very worried that I wasn't going to get there and back. So she said, oh, my, my staff can go with you to, you know, chaperone you there and back. Okay, yeah. I was in a black tie tuxedo, and everyone at the event obviously was in ballroom dresses and, like, you know, just black tie yeah. stuff. And I was going to go to the tent in the middle of this park and get changed into sort of normal stage clothes, do the gig, get changed, come back. Anyway, the chaperones were this woman's 16-year-old daughter, I think Mervyn 15, and her mate, in cocktail dresses. And I was like, it'll be fine. I can get there on my own. So now I've, I've arrived right at, at the gate of a park, dressed in a tuxedo with two 15-year-old girls. I was going to say women. They were girls, right? I'm walking. Okay, I'm walking. And Will goes, what is going on? I went, it's not how it looks. I'll explain later. Can they can they sit there and wait while I do the gig? He's like, yeah, right. And then he went, do you want to? And then I went off to get changed. He went, does anyone want to drink? I went, they can't drink. They're fifteen. <laughs> and then I did the gig, and then they chaperoned me back, and it was so awful and wow. awkward. But he, I was, I was just like, this looks horrendous. They were dressed like it was like the Oscars, and I was in a park. <laughs> Everyone was in just T-shirts and Converse. Anyway, sorry. But, yeah, it's, um, it's good to know that we're big on the uh, South of France scene. It is lovely to know we're on the South of France scene. If there's any other big mum scenes around the world, then uh, just, you know, let <laughs> big, us know. Big mum scenes. Yeah, sorry, that yeah, sounds just like... Yeah, just mums that are massive. She's six that foot three. That like a very strange <laughs> Google search. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Ah. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Free samples, free shipping, and our 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. 
Shop Blinds.com now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off at Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. This is from Amy Lewis. Now, this goes back to nose stroking. Oh, yeah, the secret to sleep. Yes, stroking your baby's nose. This is amazing. Regarding the nose stroke, I'm 30 years old, and I'm living proof that the nose stroke works. Oh. Apparently, my mum used to stroke my nose to help me to sleep, and it still works to this day. Really? To the extent I often ask my fiancé to stroke my nose if I'm struggling to sleep. Oh, no, that is... You can't. (laughs) Even though it works, you just can't. (laughs) Uh, Even though I get my mum to come round now. Even though we're in tier two to stroke my nose. Do you know what, though? If you knew that worked and you had like an important day the next day and you couldn't sleep and you know you've got to be up because you've got to cry on ITV or whatever it is, right? <laughs> Did you, would you get, would you be tempted to say to Luke, you've just got to stroke my nose to get to sleep? Oh my God. No, I, I mean, no, I just couldn't bring myself. I mean, it depends how quickly and effective the nose stroke was. If we're talking 15 minutes of nose stroking, no deal. But if it's like a seven stroker and then you're gone, it's probably worth it. Do you um do you have any things that like to get you to sleep? Um, I I have the duvet completely over my head, which some people think is quite weird. Whoa! Well, so are you laying face down or face up? I'm laying on my side. Okay. Not face down. What? Well, not head into the pillow. No, but like, I lay on my front, but my head to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically like that. I'd say I lay kind of half between side on and front on. Okay. And then duvet over my head with just the nose and mouth exposed for air. That's mental. That's some sort of. <laughs> That's some sort of fetal panic anxiety position. Do you think? What are you wearing, naked or pants? Uh, pants. And in the summer, if the duvet is too hot, I'll just put it over my head. So I'll have my body out, but still duvet overhead. No. That's the way to get to sleep. Yeah. No. Duvet overhead? Really? Yeah. Wow. Do you have a, still have a thick duvet or just a thin duvet? No, a thin or a sheet. Even a sheet. sheet. Anything. Yeah, because that's the thing. Like, Yeah. Well, I, cause I, go, I sleep naked. Do you? Yeah, completely naked, yeah. But I just find pants restrictive. Is that terrible if you fall asleep on a train? Am I right, guys? Just, just a bit of fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a nightmare on those long-haul flights. <laughs> Dick out. You've got your duvet over your head. You're both getting arrested in Singapore. <laughs> um, if you have any weird ways that you now sleep, or if you've got any weird techniques you use for your child to get to sleep, this, this thing that plays the Gruffalo stories, mate, is like absolute... Magic. What is it? So what is it? So it's a box, and you put the card in, and yeah. it pl- like a cartridge in a kind of. So is this what you use tender. to get her to sleep? We got it for her for her birthday, and now yeah. you she, you pop one on when she's going to sleep, and it's she's out like a light. Yeah. Wow. Well, I, I, my best way for me to sleep, if I'm playing playing golf, I know I'm boring if I'm playing golf, but playing golf, you're so tired, your body aches. So having a shower after playing golf and fresh seats, that is a godsend to sleep, isn't it? That's like the dream dream scenario. I'd just have a shower. I've had a long day playing golf. I'd get into clean sheets and then have a yogurt. And I've always done it like that. <laughs> what, in the, in the bed? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I said it the other week about what, what getting rid of a poo in the potty and have a yogurt. And now I keep saying at the end of everything, <laughs> you know, as the, as, the, like the, as the reveal. And I have a yogurt. I don't know why I always have. Sorry, I'm being silly. Um, no, but yeah, fine. that's interesting. Fine the little the head cover. You make, the, you make this bloody podcast silly. Why don't oh, you? Yeah. You know, we're trying, to, we're trying to seriously discuss whether you can stroke someone's nose and they can go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see a scientific study. I'm sick. I'm bored of. 
like NASA and that announcement about water on the moon was such so an underwhelming boring. announcement. Oh, who, underwhelming. I already thought there was. Who cares? We're not short of water here. No, in fact, we're getting more and more as the uh, as the sea levels rise. Yeah, as uh, those polar ice caps melt, we're getting loads of the stuff. What are you looking for? It, you know, just appreciate what you got on your doorstep. <laughs> um, right, Carl's. This is oh, Karis. Sorry, Carl's. I thought Carl's <laughs> was an odd name. Uh, hello, my name is Karis, and I'm a seventeen year, uh, nineteen year old, childless uni student. I'd like to complain about four years ago when I was taken to a gig by no. Um, <laughs> In Bristol? Bristol. Rob Beckett? (laughs) Um, I'm a parent's first child, and when I was a few months old, my mum had her first night back out with the girls, much to my dad's dread. Everything was running smoothly. They are the worst (laughs) nights out. First night out after a baby, they are the people that ruin comedy gigs the most. Yeah. I I do wonder whether, you know, when we go back on tour, are we going to have a really different demographic after this podcast? Well, I think think our tour shows might, but I think if we do a live version of this... It's going to be like, it's almost going to be like a sort of like a cult of just people. There's just going to be loads of tired people that hate their kids. They're going to be at the bar and they're going to go, we've run out of white wine. <laughs> There's no more flights from the south of France to Hammersmith. It's like when England, England play the Euros. We're going to have to go via Prague. <laughs> right. I'm oh, my God. parents' first child. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, Everything was running smoothly. By all accounts, I was a very easygoing baby, bragging, but I was starting to teethe. This uh, didn't faze my dad. He knew what to do. He went to the cupboard and got out what he thought was Bongella. Oh, no. Put a tiny bit on my gums and then put me down to sleep. On his way out of the room, he realised he'd picked up Carvol, which is like all bass oil instead of Bongella. Oh, my God. (laughs) So what what would you do here, Josh? Would you wait for the screams or would you try and rub it off straight away? Yeah, I'd maybe get a load of water. Yeah. He immediately rang 111. And their response was, I don't mean to alarm you, sir, but an ambulance is on its way. Oh, no! <laughs> I need you to stay on the phone and watch for any foaming of the baby's mouth. Oh, no. How old was the baby? A few months. Oh, my God. Oh, my. That is just... Oh, so what happened? Well, she's emailed in, so she must be all right. She, she died. Um, no. <laughs> This is written from beyond the grave. <laughs> the ambulance came and took me and my dad to hospital. I was absolutely fine. And they sent me home once they'd checked it over. We got home before my mum. And when asked about how his first night alone with the baby was, he responded, yeah, fine. She was oh. no problem. <laughs> he told my mum years later when he felt it was safe to do so. Oh, my God. That is... I don't think I could live with that secret. No. Awful. But it was probably the right thing to do because you'd only have worried, but then I think you should tell someone if you've had to go to the hospital with the baby. I think that yeah. morally you should. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Just because if anything, because there may be future side effects down the line or when you go to a doctor's appointment, they're going to look at medical history and they'll be like, oh, oh obviously because yeah. of the, the incident at five months. What incident? Oh, but yeah. that is insane. But what? That is balls of steel from that man. So not yeah. crack for years. At what point would you have texted Lou in that situation? Oh, my God. I mean, of course, though, you have to pick the point. You don't want to be texting Lou. Yeah, um, yeah all good. Just checking for foaming of the mouth. <laughs> now, I'll let you know if I see anything. You know, I mean, you, like, you know enjoy Wagamubbers. You can't. 
You, ha- you have to pick a point you inform them because you don't want to worry yeah. them too much. But then also as well, if you are back and it, they were like, oh, it's all absolutely, maybe it was just so like, we're, we're bringing you to check, but oh, it's obviously absolutely fine. Nothing's done. Baby's fine. Just go home. That it doesn't really feel like there's much to say because it was a precaution. It wasn't like yeah. something happened and it got fixed. It, he did that by accident and then there was nothing happened from it, but they just got the baby in as a precaution to double check. So it is a bit like, well, what do you say apart from like, I'm a complete idiot? Oh God. I just, I just, oh my word. But then I'll be like, what else has happened? He's not told me. Well, exactly. If you exactly. can t- keep that kind of secret, you can keep another kind of secret. Because that's the thing with a three-month-old. There's literally no witnesses to the crime. <laughs> exactly. Oh my God, that's one of the darkest things you've ever said. <laughs> Right. Yeah, let's move on. This is from uh, Sean Aitken. My children, Olivia and Xander, 11 and 8 now. When Olivia was one, her nursery arranged for a sleep expert to come in one evening to talk to parents experiencing any issues. Our issue was that she wouldn't let us really leave the room after we put her down. And a great tip on that was to have a cushion by the bed that you sit on until she's asleep. Every few nights, edge it towards the door. Then out of the door, long landing, down one step at a time, eventually to the living room. What? Oh, what? It took a few weeks, but worked a treat. Anyway, hearing Rob talk about occasionally taking babies out in the evening for a drive reminded yeah. me of another couple from the nursery that came to the consultation. Their baby, who was about eight months old, only in capital letters, slept whilst being driven in the car. Only? Only. <laughs> So for several months, they've been taking it in turns to drive the baby around in two-hour shifts no. all night, every night. No. I mean, you'd have to change career. Just become a lorry driver. That is, <laughs> how long does that go on for? That is mental. Oh, my word. Some people, like, I don't class myself as a great parent. I think I'm a good parent and I try my best, right? I'm not like some sort of super parent here. But some people I hear about what they do with their kids, I feel like, Grow a set of bollocks and stop that kid dominating your life. Some of the stuff you see, and you're just like, how is that oh. kid getting away with that? I want to intervene and just be like, shut up. No, it ain't happening. But you can't, can you, like, in the middle of the shops? Rob, I'm not going to lie to you. I've heard how much your children affect your life. <laughs> Never have I met someone with less self-awareness in my life. <laughs> but... I am not driving them. That's what I'm saying. I'm not great, but I'm good. I'm not driving them round for two-hour shifts. What had started off as a last resort thing had become their nightly routine, and they've been doing it for months. Oh, God. Needless to say, the rest of us with issues soon shut up about them as they paled in into insignificant compared to the couple. That, that's the thing, isn't it? All parenting is, is trying to find someone who's got it worse off than you. Yeah, it's like it's like being in a queue. You know when you're in a queue <laughs> yeah. and how much better you feel when people are behind you in the yeah. queue? Yeah, what parenting is. Or the worst thing is if you get in the back of the queue and then no one joins that queue for oh. 10 minutes. You're like, well, I could have had 10 minutes of just not being here, couldn't I? <laughs> I could have stood somewhere else for 10 minutes. Oh, God, that is that car thing is insane. But that's it. You just try and find someone else who's having it harder than you from a behaviour point of view and then you just tell your partner and then have a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, would you like calming down with some music? Yeah, go on. Let's have some music. So this is from Christopher Hyde. I enjoyed listening to the Doc Brown episode this week, particularly the discussion around getting your children into music that you love. Like Josh, I'm a Blur fan. When he was at it as his topical mastermind, I got the exact same score as him. It's actually quite annoying. Oh, how did you, did you win mastermind? Yeah, I did. I, who did I, you beat? I beat. Um, well, the person who came second was uh, a, a, a 
director from Emmerdale, and she, uh, when the show had finished, yeah. uh, quite bitterly said to me that my questions had been easier than hers. <gasps> oh, what was her topic? Black Books, which has only got 12 episodes, or 16 episodes or something. So come on, mate. Oh, yeah, but Bill Bailey, that show with Dylan Moran. Yeah. That's two, that's two points. <laughs> that didn't come up, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that, but then sometimes the more the easier topic, they go harder on you. Like yeah, I, well, I saw Chris Ramsey do it with Sopranos. It was so hard. It was like in episode thirteen of series six, what colour pen does Tony <laughs> use to write the check? And he was I was, like, I was there that day. He was the episode before me. All right. And they asked him a uh, art question uh, about which artist something. And he said Rolf Harris, which um <laughs> wasn't correct, and <laughs> was actually probably quite problematic for the edit. <laughs> Oh, good on him. I'd love to see Mastermind edit. Who edits that? <laughs> what kind of person? That's like, that's a tough job, isn't it? To, I suppose they're not trying to make it funny, are they? No, 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 you're not adding laughs. <laughs> Pump it up there, shall we? What, who else was on it with you? Um, Catherine Mary, the 400 metres runner. Yep. Um, I've got it here. Sean Reese williams Sean Reese williams Catherine Mary. Catherine Mary, yeah. yeah uh, and Nick. Nick Baker, that's Wildlife it. Then, oh my god, bloke. Nick Baker's about nine foot tall, isn't he? Everyone was, everyone thought he was going to win, <laughs> but he went with one of those topics that was really tough. Like he went with like someone who's in not Charles Darwin, but someone involved in the theory of evolution. Oh, god. you have been absolutely stitched up with this photo. Have you seen the photo on the BBC no, website? No, of course not. Me, I'm going to send it to the group and we'll put, it, we'll put it on Instagram. You look, you look. He's obviously taller than you, anyway. But you look like a borrower. It's mental. Absolutely insane. What? <laughs> Do you see it? Yeah. You know when I was talking about evolution, that looks like the kind of ascent of man. <laughs> they were more intelligent back in the day, but they slowly grew thicker and bigger. <laughs> wow, look, they all look such a serious show, isn't it? Look like those Russian dolls. Was that taken before or after? Well, it's difficult to tell. I'm not holding my trophy. No, exactly. How small am I? <laughs> you look tight. You look like a child. It looks like a documentary, um, you know, where it talks about a man that's got two wives and one son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put, we'll put that on the group. That'll be a yeah. bit of fun. Right, right sorry, Josh. But any more? Any more? Oh, no, I haven't finished this email. All right. It wasn't just something <laughs> like that. Sorry, God. Yeah, sorry. So, I didn't you. Oh, we were talking about getting kids into the music you like. Yes. So he said, I'm wondering if any of you had heard of the Rockabye Baby series. They are lullaby versions of different songs by bands. Oh. Now, my friend Danny, uh, my friends Danny and Lucy got us the Blur CD of this. Yeah. So they've done it for loads. Do you want to hear Elton John? Yes. Yeah. Do you want Goodbye Yellow Brick Road? Oh, go on then. I like it. It's nice, isn't it? Shall I give you a couple of songs and you've got to guess what the songs are? Bit of fun, bit of fun. Is this another one? Yeah, this is uh, this is uh, a different band. Oh, Stairway to Heaven. Ah, oh, yes, it is. This is the. That's I'm, I'm great. Looking, I that's like great, this. Isn't it? It's so much better than shit, baby bum. <laughs> This one I've not heard, but I'm really excited. Well, right. time, where can I get this? And where can I burn everything else that they listen to? <laughs> so I've just got it. You can buy the CDs. So they'll do CDs of all the different bands. All right. 
Um, but this is is also if you write "Rockabye Baby" into Spotify, what's that, there's what's a that bird. Yeah. Wait, I'm gonna move this. Oh, da, 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 da. Escape from reality. Yeah. Open your eyes. Do you reckon I could ask to do the vocals? Yeah, I think I think Rob Beckett sings "Rockabye Baby" is probably a Christmas. I mean, if Bradley Walsh and Alexander Armstrong could get number one albums, I'm sure you Mama. could. Um, there we go. That is good, isn't it? Really good. I like that. That's because th- that is what sends you a bit loopy. But if you can have that on in the car, it's quite calming and you'd enjoy it. And it's quite a fun game for the adults to guess the guess yeah. the song. <laughs> yeah. If you put it on shuffle, everyone's a winner. Oh. So that is Rockabye Baby. Uh, what a if tip. you want to get your uh, kids into popular music. Yeah. Okay. Swearing I children. Popular music. Music from fifty years ago. Yeah, no, no, there's more up to date ones, but Stormzy, obviously. Stormzy, shut up. Is Stormzy on it? Uh, no, they haven't no. got. They haven't got Stormzy. Uh, no. but they've got like. Um, they've got Taylor Swift. I saw there. All right, fair enough. So a few more. That one direction. Yeah, yeah. They've got Adele. Oh, um, okay. Oh, all right, all right, all right. Oh, all right. Right. This is from Bobby Robertson. Um, oh, what the left back for Dundee in 1972. <laughs> Bobby Robertson, what an old school name. (laughs) So, hi lads. Not so much a swearing child story, more a child getting his words wrong. When on holiday in 2016, walking near Newquay Beach, my 12-year-old lad, Joe, was arguing with his four-year-old brother, William. Lots of your ginger use. Can I just stop you for a second? One second. I have just found a footballer called Bobby Robertson that played for Dunfermline Athletic. Your knowledge of football is uh, better than even you knew. (laughs) It was a, a solid left back. <laughs> That's so weird, isn't it? This is like doing a podcast with Yuri Geller. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Right, let's go back to that. Sorry, I'll stop Googling Bobby Robertson. Right, go on, carry on. Sorry, sorry, I'm so sorry. It's fine. When on holiday 2016, walking near Newquay Beach, my 12 year old lad, Joe, was arguing with his four year old brother, William. Lots of your ginger, you smell, etc., etc. The four year old wouldn't let up. The 12 year old then lost it and shouted at him so loud that everyone could hear, if you don't stop now, you'll get a five-knuckle shuffle. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. And he's the older one as well. Yeah. If you don't stop bullying me, I'm going to wake you off. <laughs> the wife and I burst out laughing along with everyone else in earshot, and the arguing just stopped. The kids were none the wiser. Now 16, Joe dies with embarrassment every time we remind him. <laughs> Yeah, luckily, um, William still has no idea. Um, there we go. Absolutely superb stuff. Oh, William. We're looking for, you know, any of those things. Kids yeah, accidentally your kids ever threaten to yeah. wake someone off in a fit of anger on Nuki Beach, get in touch. Exactly. And do you know what? It doesn't have to be Nuki Beach. We'd accept Temby. Right. <laughs> Dear Josh and Rob, don't read my name, please. Okay. Uh, keep this anonymous. I'll be in trouble otherwise. On the theme of birth and sex... Um, Oh, God. Here we go. Not quite post-birth, but still worth a mention. I was with a couple who attended hospital in early labour. I talked through all the usual techniques to manage, get things moving, go for a walk, have some food, have a rest, have sex, etc. We agreed they'd go home and wait for things to progress. I went out for a minute to write up my notes. When I returned to send them home, they'd wedged an armchair under the door handle and had taken my advice to have sex to get things moving. Oh, my God. 
I've learned my lesson now and make it super clear my advice is go home and have sex. Wedging an armchair underneath the door handle, that is not supporting the NHS. What, what, what I would say is, though, I, I understand sex before to get the baby out, obviously way more than immediately after having a baby because yeah, I don't yeah, know cool. how your wife was, but my wife wanted the baby out of her more than anything in the world. So I can almost imagine... I think sometimes with the sex after birth, it's sort of imagine that it's male-led. But I think yeah. this very much would be mum screaming at dad-to-be, do me now so this baby comes out and we don't have to do the commute. <laughs> and I would yeah. I would have done that. I think I could well, have you're been... You're a gentleman. Through... You're a gentleman. <laughs> and a scholar. I think I could have been forced into doing that by Lou if she had the look in her eyes of a hormonal, heavily pregnant woman. Yes, yes. I wouldn't I argue. Think... The embarrassment of then, once you'd finished, of then having to kind of remove the chair. Oh, God. At least they put the chair there. Could have been worse. Yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah. She also adds, I was caring for a lovely couple in labour for many hours. The new mum had been really quiet and shy the whole time and had now given birth. It was time to do her stitches, during which time she really made the most of the gas and hair. (laughs) Used it solidly for half an hour or so. When finishing the stitches, I said, okay, so the last thing I need to do is just put a finger into your bottom to make sure that it's all okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, wow, whoa. That is, I, I, that seems too blasé. Yeah. I mean, but she yeah. has to check that it's all sewn up, isn't it? Yeah. That's a serious tear as well. Oh, my God. I'm just going to put my finger in your bottom to make sure it's well, all okay. she's gassed off her face. And if you would want to know how gassed off her face she is, yeah. to this, she stopped breathing the gas in there for a moment to shout, Ha ha, I bet you're gutted, John. You've always wanted to do that to me. (laughs) He went a lovely shade of red and pretended he hadn't heard while I tried my best not to giggle. (laughs) Oh, wow, that is... What a slam. She's put, I love my job. That's not sarcasm. It's the best job in the world. There we go. Thank you very much. It must be, though, like... I I don't think I could handle the pressure of that. But if you're okay with the sort of like the stress of it and the sort of being able to deliver a baby to a new couple, it must be a lovely feeling. Yeah, definitely. But um, I I really don't think I should do it. I don't think it's for you. I think it's the same thing. Like, you know, people go up to us, oh, your job would be my worst nightmare. Yeah. You go, well, actually, I I really enjoy it and I'm really lucky to do it. And I think if a job is stressful, but... Not that our job's particularly stressful, but, right. you know, what the, the things that people would find stressful about our job, we're fine with. And I think it would be the same for the things people would find stressful about being a midwife. So what you're saying is you could probably do it if you could be bothered. What I'm saying is I, I would be fucking shit at it, mate. It doesn't <laughs> play to my skill set. So, I'd be all, I'd be all, I'd be like, you all right with that coming out of there? I, well, I'd <laughs> faint. Right? I'd faint within seconds. Oh, my God, it's all it's so... I think the, the reason why our job's easier for us, though, is because we are dead inside now. Where exactly. Where we had so much public... When do you have so much public shame? After all, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like when you get on... After, like, eight pints of lager, all the other alcohol doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're in that space. Yeah. I mean, that's how I'd equate it. And I'm, I basically, in my career now, and I think you're the same, Josh, I'm, I'm eight pints in of shame. Yeah, yeah. So not much more can happen. This is this. <laughs> the worst thing about being eight pints in, Rob, into yeah. your career is you do know that you're going home very soon. Yes. Um, <laughs> and the hangover's going to be real. And it's yeah. going to be 20 years and it's going to involve Panto, Strictly, I'm a celebrity and crying because I'm not on ITV, not because I'm on it. I'm not going to lie, Rob. 
Strictly, they're really upping the level of their booking, so you do need to get in fast on that one. Now, <laughs> imagine that. No, I'll do it. I'll do it a bit later on. Oh no, what? Not brilliant enough to do it? Okay. <laughs> Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Right, this is from James Mole. Um, Come on, Molly. This is called Subject Dogs. Oh. How is the dog situation, Rob? I suppose half term said it back. Yes, massively. The thought of a dog. No, uh, we, we, he's been pushed back until um, our youngest starts a primary school. So that's, that'll be the earliest we'd get. So two more years. So okay. it's, on the, it's on the back burner. And also, I think Romish is getting a dog. And I want to see how that pans out. Right. Uh, so, having heard Rob discussing getting a dog, I just wanted to share my experience of adding a puppy to a household with two young kids, both at primary, mm. and two older cats. In short, I don't know what we were thinking. <laughs> so what have they got? They've got two older cats and two kids in primary school. Yes. Okay. Just to give you a flavour of things, we have a nocturnal dog. He wakes up at 7pm, just as we were trying to put the kids to bed, oh, no. and is awake then till one in the morning, and barks if he isn't entertained. He treats my youngest like a chew toy. Oh, God. If we try and put the dog in a crate to sleep, he howls and barks until he's let out. In order to cope, I'm currently sleeping on a blow-up bed in the lounge. No. <laughs> Thankfully, it's mostly got the hang of going outside of the toilet, but still has the odd accident. Earlier in the week, my son was reading to me in the lounge and my wife was working in the kitchen. He was trying to get out which I misinterpreted as him wanting to pester my wife. Next thing, the smell hits me. He's done two massive piles of wet shit on the lounge carpet. Oh, God. Obviously, we're going to get help with all this, and he's nice company, I suppose, but I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. He hates it. He hates that dog. Yeah, I I don't. No no one believes that caveat at the end of that. No, he had to write that. If he was honest, I've had a fucking howler, and I want to get rid of it, but I can't. Well, it is a fucking howler if you don't um, entertain it before (laughs) 1 a.m. That's one of the worst, biggest negative points of this dog. <laughs> but I, I, what, what everyone has said is, when you have a dog, the first like year, you have to basically dedicate your whole life to it, like you would a child, to get it trained so it knows all the expectations of it and get it like sorted out. Because then that's the dog you have for the rest of your life. Um, thank you for all your emails. Um, it's been a pleasure reading them. This is how to get in touch. Email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or tweet us at lockdownparents or Instagram lockdown underscore parenting. And you can also send us stuff P.O. Box 76748 London E99DW. Now, Rob. Yes. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Rob. Yes. Would you like to uh, end with some more Rockabye Baby? Oh, yes, please. Would you like to end with Madonna? Oh. Or would you like to end with Fleetwood Mac? Oh, Fleetwood Mac. Thank you for uh, listening. Uh, we'll be back on Tuesday. What's happened to us? 
<laughs> used to be on Radio X. Right, see how cheese though. Right.